Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. A big night uh, tonight, Jim, with both the Wild and Timberwolves playing late night games uh, in the postseason. Uh, it would seem as though it's fairly clear that the game is more critical to the Timberwolves' chances than it is uh, the Wild uh, at this point. Uh, if the Wild go up 2-0 in Dallas, uh, boy, you've got to make them a favorite to advance onto the second round at that point, don't you? Uh, certainly, yep. just mathematically, of course, winning two games on the road. The interesting thing about these playoffs, the NHL playoffs, is how many road teams have won. Sometimes yeah. how many road teams have won by wide margins. We're seeing a lot of upsets, uh, not just mild upsets. We're seeing major upsets. So that does, to me, speak more to unpredictability than, than okay, all these teams are just better than the teams that have home ice advantage. So I, I think the nature of hockey, uh, game one could have gone – Either way, at any moment, my guess is we'll see another close game tonight. My guess is we'll see close games in Game Three and Game Four. I don't think there's any carryover, or, or a, you know, I, I think it's just going to be game by game uh, slugfest, and you better win a couple. You just better win more, one more close game than the other team. Yeah, and and boy, it does come down to that, and I, it would seem as though we're headed for more overtime games uh, as well as the series moves along. Is there um, someone from the Wild that will have more to do with them advancing out of this series than someone else? Is it going to be Gustafson? Is he going to be in the goal again tonight, and will that continue if he keeps playing well? I I haven't seen it official yet, but I'm sure Gustafson has earned a second start, unless he's exhausted, which is a possibility. Yeah. Uh, my guess is Gustafson will be back in pipes, um, and he might be the key because Ottinger is a great goalie, and mm. Gustafson was more than a match for him uh, in game one. And if you neutralize the goalie, the supposed goalie advantage from Dallas, and this is a very even matchup, as mm-hmm. we saw in game one. Yep. Um, listen, Kaprizov is still their best all-around player. And I, so I think that, you know, and Kaprizov had a, the goal that got them started. On a, Not only he started the play and he finished the play, uh, and a couple other good chances. I, I still think Kaprizov is the, is the most important person in the series. Uh, can he withstand all the cheap shots that he's obviously going to get? Can he be healthy enough to make plays? Can he make the plays? against a very good uh, physical defensive team. Uh, and also, in game two, how do the Stars respond to Pavelski getting decked? Uh, do they lose their minds and get a lot of penalties? Do they find a, a more measured way to get revenge on Dumba? Do they just let it go? That'll be another really Im- interesting side plot that could affect the game last tonight. Does it enter coaches' minds that, boy, our power, our uh, penalty kill right now is really struggling. Maybe I shouldn't send our guy out there to get in a fight. I think it does, mm-hmm. uh, especially you know, regular season. I think coaches are willing to lose a game here or there to make a point mm-hmm. or to build team character. You just can't afford to do that in the playoffs. So I do think, uh, I do think, if you have less confidence in your penalty kill, you're less likely to go out and allow somebody to take a big, big penalty. Yeah. Uh, Timberwolves game two tonight they were as Edwards uh, put it they were punked in game one uh, by the Nuggets and and I suspect that Nikola Jokic has punked a lot of guys uh, during the course of his career Uh, is it one of those situations where you just kind of say you know Jokic will get his we got to try and limit everybody else well that is the really important decision that Finch has to make because if you double Jokic, he's going to find somebody open for a wide-open three-pointer. If you don't double Jokic, he's going to score inside. So which would you rather have? Uh, I think the logical thing here is cover the three-point shooters, let Gobert battle with him inside, force him to take tough two-pointers. He's going to make a certain percentage of them. He's going to draw some fouls. But at least then you're, you know, 
hey, that, that's the modern that's the modern basketball philosophy. Make people take tough twos. Mm-hmm. You traded for Gobert. Uh, he needs to force Jokic into tough twos, even though he's going to make he's so good he's going to make some of them. And you know, and it's just it's just mathematical. You give him wide open threes, and everything collapses. Gobert has been ailing with his back in recent days. Uh, any word on his uh, progress from that? And is he going to play for certain tonight? Do you know? He he is listed as questionable. Yeah. We haven't seen an update on that yet. My guess is the way things have been going lately, he will play. The question is, will he play? You know, full force and full minutes. And, and uh, you know, wasn't it some of the stiffness in his back that was limiting his mobility a little bit that kind of wound up leading to the kerfuffle then with Kyle Anderson during that uh, during that game against the Lakers? Yes. Once you get past, and Krasinski and I have talked about this on his podcast, uh, once you get past the fact that obviously Gobert should not punch a teammate during yeah. a cuddle uh, and you start looking at underlying factors and what could have led to that, what happened was before the game, Gobert was struggling with his back, and Anderson and some other teammates were saying, "Listen, man, we really need you tonight. You got to get through it. I know it's hurt. I know it's painful, but this is our season. We got to do this." And Gobert agrees to play, and then they get out there, and Anderson's yelling at him for not covering, you know, a certain assignment or not doing something. And Gobert's like, "Man, you know my back's killing me. What are you doing here?" You know. So, so again, Gobert was still wrong in punching Anderson, but there was an underlying reason that he got mad enough to punch Anderson. Yeah. Uh, in Chris Hines' column uh, today uh, about the upcoming game, he quoted um, uh, Finch uh, as saying, and he says it can be kind of a sarcastic and very funny guy, uh, quite a good line. Uh, we're in the same mood whether we're winning, losing, or punching each other. So yeah. is, is that true? Are, is it a pretty even mood team? Honestly, it doesn't seem like it is to me. Uh, I, I don't think it is. I think it's an emotional team, but I also think the NBA is an emotional league. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, It's a... It's a see and be seen, uh, celebrate every shot, taunt your opponent, uh, play with you know, heat and emotion. I mean, that's what makes the league great, frankly. Uh, you don't want to see anybody step over the line like Rayon Green did, but mm-hmm. you do want to see emotion, and that's one of the reasons the league is so popular. Yeah. So I think this is an emotional team. I don't think that separates them from anybody else. I'm glad you brought up Draymond. What did you think about him getting a, a, a one-game suspension for that incident? I think combination of the fact that he – I think if he had just stomped on Sabonis and said, hey, he had my foot, and got, walked off the court and in the post-game thing said, okay, you know, yeah, I shouldn't have done that, I don't think he would have gotten this. I think this is a combination of the act, his history, and the fact that he wanted to rile up an entire arena – uh, to fever pitch after doing it, and then he was not remorseful at all after. I I think this is a cumulative effect penalty. I don't think if it I don't think it was just the interaction which Sabonis started mm. that uh, that get, got him the penalty. And then uh, when he when he heard that he had been ejected from the game, he walks right up to the official who had just ejected him, and you know sarcastically slaps him on the back three or four times. Honestly, I thought that was crossing the line too. Yep. It just it, it, the league's sick of him. Uh, he's he's you know he's been been such a pain in the butt for so long, mm-hmm. and I do think his disrespect toward authority in general is what got him this more than just stomping on Sabonis. Yeah, it does. He's had a you know he's one of the leaders in technical fouls and and so forth too. Uh, I I imagine a world sometimes where the league isn't trying to draw fouls or or trying to draw calls. And, and griping at the official. It, it will never happen, of course. It's now ingrained in American basketball in particular that one of your main jobs is to scream at an official on virtually every time down the floor. 
It's true. And uh, you know what? Magic did it, and Jordan did it, mm-hmm. and Kobe did it, and LeBron does it. It just awaited. And part of it is just that it's such a compet- it's such an emotional competitive sport. And you know, I played you. You know, I probably both have. You mm-hmm. play basketball with a superior player, yep. and they really do have this belief that if they miss the shot, some other factor was involved. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they really believe that if you you know, touch them with a feather as they're shooting and they miss, then it had to be the feather's fault. It's, it's also part of the fact that, you know, it's a huge ego sport. Yes. And, 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 and also, you can win a game by lobbying the referees in the right way. Uh-huh. And that's just the nature of the sport. I also get sick of it, but I also recognize that as part of the deal, unfortunately. Yep, yep. Uh, so, Twins, Boston tonight, game two, a really strange finish to last night's game. Christian Vasquez is a is a, a quality defensive catcher. I don't know if he's a gold glove winner or not, but he, yeah. had, he had a rough 10th inning last night. Brutal. And you know what? Uh, the games they lost in Yankee Stadium over the weekend are tip-your-cap games, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Herman pro- probably cheated, but he also pitched well. <laughs> Cole, Cole pitched well. Uh, you don't, you're missing a third of your lineup. You just, those are games you go, okay, we wish we'd gotten two more hits and won the game, but we didn't move on. No big deal. Everybody loses games like that. Yep. Last night is a game you can't lose. No. Up four to two, and a catcher you brought over for you know overall purposes, but defensive purposes, uh, pass third, pass ball on third strike to let somebody get on base. Uh, you know he dropped a play, a ball on the play of the plate. I think that was more on Gordon throwing a high sailing throw, mm-hmm. uh, but that that should have been out. And then uh, you know on the catcher's interference play so Solano coming off the bag not getting it out and allowing I mean that really sparked the rally those are not you don't want to lose games because of plays like that somebody hits a home run off you fine somebody has a great pitching performance off you fine you don't want to lose games because of silly plays like that it looked like Solano you know I'm I'm I'll be honest I didn't know that it was still a live ball on catcher interference uh, until last night's game clearly Solano didn't know it was either uh I think many people don't. My guess is umpires and managers are the only people who know that rule right. inside and out. Uh, so, and I've been covering the game since 1990. I've been reading about the game since the 60s. Right. Uh, I did not know that rule, but the players kind of have to know that rule. Yep. Yep. That's for sure. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.